morning. Happy Easter. He is risen. Yes. Welcome. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome our friends online joining us for Easter online. He is risen, people online. Can't hear you. Uh, hey, so good to have you guys here. One real quick announcement before we get started. I just want to remind everybody, April 17th is what? Saturday, April 17th. What's happening that day? What? St. <laughs> Basil's Day. Uh, no, it's, uh, we are going to be working on the thrift store across the street and clearing that bad boy out. So excited. Ah, oh, so long overdue. And so we're going to be over there. We'll have a big old dumpster sitting out front. Our goal is to get the dumpster full before the neighborhood does. So that means we got to get out there early and uh, cross our fingers and hope that as it sits there Friday night, it doesn't fill up with mattresses, refrigerators, toilets, and old air conditioning units. So uh, we got to get there early Saturday, and uh, we're going to clean out that thing. It's going to be great. So in case you haven't met, I'm Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard Church. So nice to see you all. Let's go ahead and put our vision statement up on there and say it together. We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. Yes, that's what our church is all about. We're not just circling the wagons. It's not just us four no more. We are loving Jesus. We are loving our community. We're growing in Christ, and we're going. We're serving each other and serving our community, and that's what we're, what we're about. And so uh, today, what we're doing is we are continuing our... Uh, eight-part series called Created in God's Image to Reign. Anybody else pick up the book over the last week or so? I know we've got a couple of people picked up the book, but uh, we're going through the book by, uh, by Jeff Newburn, and uh, it's a great book, and so we're talking about who God created us to be and how we walk that out in life. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing about Easter is none of this stuff would even be possible if it weren't for Easter, Right? I mean, if it weren't for the death and resurrection of Christ, we'd be so lost. Uh, you know, like my dad used to say, we wouldn't know our butts from a hole in the ground. And, uh, but Jesus has delivered us and elevated us from the status of not knowing our butts from a hole in the ground. And I love that. And uh, <laughs> so uh, hopefully you've been, you know, had a chance to read through and meditate on some of these scriptures. Last week what we did is we talked about producing extraordinary results through wisdom and hard work, right? And um, today what I want to do is I want to, actually we're going we're gonna, to, we have the same scripture today as we had last week, because I want to extract a little bit more out of it. I want to pull more and dig a little bit deeper and uh, look more at this, the parable of the three servants in Luke 19. Um, I remember so, like, way back when, Forrest is back there, and that's good. That's, he was my first son. And uh, I remember uh, when we were expecting our first son. We were living in Denver at the time, just a couple of youngsters in their early 20s in a little two-bedroom apartment in Denver. Well, when we first got pregnant, we just had one bedroom, garden level, which was uh, just a nice way of saying basement. And uh, we had a garden-level apartment, one bedroom. We well, all were expecting a baby. We better get a two-bedroom so baby can have his own room slash office. And, 
And so not his office, but ours, uh, because we wanted Wendy to work at home. And she made an arrangement with her employer to be able to telecommute uh, when baby was born. And so uh, I just remember knowing that I knew that I knew that I knew that I was not ready. Was not ready. Uh, we, I was like, what, 24-ish? 23? Yes. Okay. And uh, I just was a young guy, was a young fella, and still wet behind the ears, as they say. And I remember I thought, God will give me what I need when I need it. Right? I remember thinking that, which is... uh, is something that people say when they don't know what to say, right? God will give you what you need when you need it. And and I realize um, that that is a very kind of sort of trite cliche. uh, And I thought, listen, I'll learn how to parent by parenting. That's how I'll learn how to parent, by parenting. After all, you know, I don't recall my parents reading parenting books. I don't recall them really taking any classes, and, and I turned out fine, right? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Uh, so, just terribly insecure. And, uh, but uh, it wasn't long after we brought Forrest home that I realized how absolutely clueless I was. Just clueless. And um, then I... I read a couple of books. I made some phone calls to older friends who had already walked where I was, and it helped some, but not as much as I'd hoped. And I remember, you know, even Wendy spending hours on the phone with her mom. What did you do when I did this? What did you do when I was fussy or when I, you know, was colicky or I wouldn't stop crying or what did you do when I, you know, all those things. And uh, I remember her talking to her mother and her and Wendy reading loads of books and, um, and doing all that stuff. But I still wasn't doing a great job of it. I'll be honest with you. I'm sorry, Forrest. And so everything that's wrong with Forrest, you can blame on me. Because uh, I, I gave a lot of time to distractions. I was really impatient. Um, I even would do things. This is like super just super vulnerable confession. Um, I even took a lot of things personally when Forrest was just being a child, right? When kids do kid things, you know, when they're rude or they're whatever, and then just taking it personally. Like, you know, uh, you can't take those things personally, parents. Um, And why was that? Why is it that I struggled so bad during those years? And it's because I still had a lot of growing as a person to do. I did. I had a lot of maturing to do, a lot of growth to do, and um, that's just one, <laughs> right? That's just one area of my life that suffered because I just I didn't have the right mindset, right? And uh, and I know that this area of, of mindset it affects all of us. And uh, if you think it doesn't, then you've got the wrong mindset. Uh, <laughs> but it affects all of us. In fact, uh, a little bit later this year, we're actually doing a three-part series on mindset. I hope you all are there every week. And if you don't feel like you need to be there, you got the wrong mindset. And so, uh, 
But mindset is so, so important because it affects everything. It affects everything. It affects our finances. It affects our health. It affects just about every area of our life. And, and how does it affect walking out God's will for us, right? To reign and be transformed, to be more like Jesus. How does it affect it? Just about every part of that, right? Just about everything to do with uh, being transformed. Just about everything to do with walking out in, in, in reigning, in a reigning posture. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to dive back into Luke 19, but first let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you that Jesus is alive and on the throne. And God, that your love for us uh, it extends, it, it reaches, and, and, and we can't be separated from it. And we thank you so much, God, for your tenacious, voracious, awesome love. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we read this last week. Let's read it again. I'll read it kind of fast. But it says in Luke 19, 11 through 26, the crowd was listening to everything Jesus said, and because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said, A nobleman was called away to distant empire to be crowned king and return. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants and divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, Invest this for me while I am gone. Invest this for me while I am gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we do not want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted you. So you will be governor of ten cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You will be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked, some uh, translations say lazy, you wicked, lazy servant, the king roared. Your own words condemn you. If you knew that I'm a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I didn't plant, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then, turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has ten pounds. But master, they said, he already has ten pounds. Yes, the king replied, And those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But for those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And remember, I mentioned last week that this scripture is actually about money. It's talking about money. A lot of times we go, oh, he's talking about, you know, our giftings. He's talking about our whatever, you know, our, our, our talents, our ability to play a musical instrument or our ability, whatever, you know, to do this or that. It's actually talking about money. But what we're going to do is we're going to extract actually kind of the mindset of these servants, Right? And if you remember one thing this morning, I want you to remember this. From who you are flows what you do. From who you are flows what you do. Has anybody ever, ever uh, uh, you know, done something very intentionally, uh, you know, and, and it really hurt bad? Maybe they had a little bit too much to drink. Maybe they whatever. And 
Uh, and then they said, I'm sorry, you know that's not me. You know that wasn't me. That's bold. Because <laughs> out of who we are flows what we do. Okay? That, I, I know that sometimes we mistake and we say things wrong and everything's come out wrong and things get, you know, uh, things get uh, confused and, and, and we hurt people's feelings sometimes we don't mean to. But, uh, man, you know what? When we're malicious and we say those things, it's because that's coming out of our heart, you know? And on the, on the flip side of that, when we're kind to others and we're loving to others, that's coming out of our heart. Out of who we are flows what we do. Out of who we are flows what we do. We tend to believe that ability, right, is the most important ingredient of success, we think that. They have certain abilities. That's the most important. They, you know, they're successful because they have this skill, because they have this education, because, you know, all these other things. And, and I'm not saying those things aren't important, because they are important, all right? But character is actually more important. Focus is actually more important. Perseverance is actually more important, right? Because uh, that's who we are, and that's also things we can control. We can control uh, what sort of character we have. We can control our focus. We can control our perseverance. Those are things within our control. We can control our attitude. Did you know that? A lot of people think that they're a victim of their attitude or they're a victim of their you know, lack of character. You're not. Those are things that we control, right? And they are far more important than our skill. Far more important. I don't know if any of you here ever are in the position to hire somebody, but would you, hire, would you rather hire somebody with a great attitude but needs to grow in their skill level or somebody who has mad skills but their attitude sucks? Which one? I know you guys are laughing because you know the answer to that. You know the answer to that. And so uh, it's funny because y'all know that I, I, I like played like a background prop in a couple of movies. And it's... I was like back there, I was like, I, my, it was like a light stamp, plant, you know, light, <laughs> like, a, like a lamp. <laughs> I got words. And, uh, or like a chair. I was just in the background, a background player. And it's so funny because when I went in to meet with the, with the casting people, they didn't even make you do anything dramatic. They didn't make you read lines. They didn't make you make anything. All they did is they wanted to meet you and make sure you were cool. That's it. They wanted to go, is this guy cool? Is he normal? Or is or is he got a bad attitude? Is he cranky? Is he grumpy? Is he weird? You know, and so so much depends on just our attitude, who we are, right? Remember, we're talking about finding our identity in Jesus. Where we, you know, where we find our identity, what we think about God, and what we think about ourselves, because these things, what we think about God and what we think about ourselves, they inform how we see the world around us and how we respond to it, right? So when what we see around us, and we're like, the world's just, it's going to hell in a handbasket, everything sucks, everything's just, you know, just falling apart, whatever, 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 you know what? It's our attitudes that inform that opinion, right? Because uh, uh, those things, what we think about God and what we think about ourselves, are the most important thing about us. And this is why it's so important that we receive the full work of Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection, that we receive all that he has done and won for us, right? Not just the forgiveness, because that's good. That's awesome. We'd all be lost without it, okay? Not just the forgiveness of sins and the going to heaven one day, but it's about 
the transformation that he wants to bring into us. He wants to transform you. He wants you to look in the mirror and go, that's a different person. Who is that guy? Right? It's all of it. It's, 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 it's not just the forgiveness. It's all of it. It's bringing heaven down to earth and being transformed. Okay? And so uh, we want to receive the full work of Jesus. The full work. The full work. So if, if you're, if you're if, you know, sort of like Jesus, I'm, just a, I'm just, a, just a sinner. I don't even, you know, you're just beating on yourself and you're receiving his forgiveness, but you're still walking about life in abject misery, then you need to receive the full work. There's still more for Jesus to do, right? Let that work be done. And so what can we learn about these three servants? And so I want to talk about that a little bit and the servant's mindset. And the first thing is this, and it's, it should be completely obvious, but it's just that a lazy mindset produces poor results. A lazy mindset produces poor results. And so the, the third servant, remember, he was called wicked by the nobleman. He was called lazy by the nobleman. And, 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 and I don't think there's a single person in this room that would ever consider themselves lazy. I'm, I'm sure if I went through this room and I went, Kathy, are you lazy? She'd go, no. No, <laughs> we we got like a, we got like a super honest Jeanette. I am, uh, you know, because why? You know, because we're Midwesterners, right? And for Midwesterners, it's like you know, being called lazy. You you can do any. You can you can say bad things about my mom before you call me lazy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Midwesterners, there is no higher praise for a Midwesterner than to be called a hard worker. He's a hard worker, right? So none of us would ever want to be or, or admit to being lazy, except for Jeanette, right? Uh, but, but Proverbs chapter two, uh, 22, 13 tells us that a lazy person is always making up excuses. A lazy person is always making up excuses. We won't call ourselves lazy. You can't call me lazy because I have a good reason why I wasn't working hard. I have a good reason. I have a good excuse, Right? But a lazy person is always making up excuses. Have you ever noticed that, that some people always have an excuse why they can't do what's the right thing to do? Always. It's like, it, and, and when you try to talk to somebody who always has an excuse, you just want to pull your hair out. You're like, oh my word, I want to stick my head through a plate glass window. I'd rather do that than talk to this person and listen to their excuses, Right? They have a reason that they, that they can't exercise. They can't have a reason why they can't eat right. They have a reason why they can't be generous. They can't have a reason why they can't get out and find a job. They have a reason. There's always a reason. There's always an excuse, always a reason. And you all know, if, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's you. <laughs> You're that person. And so, you know, they always have this, re- always have this excuse, always have this excuse. And they even have an excuse why they can't grow, why they can't learn. Like, you know, it's funny because there was a guy once that gave me a call and, uh, and he said that he wanted to, uh, he wanted to start um, uh, a business. He wanted to start a business and he, he wanted me to like, you know, kind of like coach him over the phone. These are the, this is what you need to do. He wanted me to give him like a five minute, you know, teaching on starting a business and then he would be able to hang up the phone and go start a business. And I, and I told him, I said, I said, look, I, I can't, you know, you're, you're asking me to give you a year's worth of education 
in a five-minute phone call. But let me recommend this book. Because if you just go through this book and you just do what it says and follow the steps, you'll be all right. And he goes, but I don't really like to read. (laughs) Well, how about this course? It's like a year-long course. It'll only cost you a couple hundred bucks. I don't want to spend a couple hundred bucks. (sighs) You all know what I'm talking about because you probably have all dealt with people like that, right? A lazy person always has excuses. They claim to be hardworking and wise all day long, but the results of their lives tell a different story, right? How does Jesus say you know people by their what? Fruit. Fruit. Yeah, by the fruit they produce. Not by the words that they use. You know some people, they talk a good talk. They talk great talks, but their life does not produce that kind of fruit. In fact, Proverbs says that wisdom is proven to be true by the lives who live it. You ever know somebody who's always dispensing wisdom, but like they're still living in their mom's basement? Right? Always dispensing wisdom, but they're always broke, and they're always in some sort of relationship turmoil, and something's always going on in their life, and it's because they claim to have a certain kind of wisdom, but that wisdom is not true, and the evidence of that is the life that they live. Right? And so a, la- a lazy mindset produces poor results. Poor results. But the next thing is a faithful mindset produces commendable results. A faithful mindset. And that's what the, uh, the second ser- uh, servant had, right? He had a faithful mindset. He was faithful to just obey what the master told him to do. Master didn't tell him to go hide the money in the hole in the ground, he said to go invest it. And he didn't knock it out of the park. But guess what? He was faithful, and he was rewarded for his faithfulness. Okay? So a lot of times we think we got to knock it out of the park or else we've failed. Right? Uh, and, and I remember thinking that when I, when I wrote my first book, it went, ah, thud. And, and thinking, is this really, should I, should I be doing this? Should I, you know what I mean? I didn't knock it out of the park. Should I really be doing this? You know, but I'm so glad that I just kept at it. Not because I made the bestsellers list, but because I was faithful and God has rewarded me because of that faithfulness. And the handful of people that have gotten back to me and said what a blessing it was to them, I was like, all right, I'm so glad that I did that. Sometimes it's just a matter of faithfulness and God rewards faithfulness and that's okay. Just don't be lazy. Just don't have a lazy mindset, right? Just be faithful. Sometimes when we don't succeed wildly overnight or meet the expectations we set for ourselves, we think we failed, but that is not so, right? We get so caught up with the S word, right? The S word, success. It's all about success. But you know what? I think that God is more into the F word. Faithfulness. He wants you to be faithful. You know, he wants you to be faithful. (laughs) He's more into us being faithful. God loves it when we cheerfully obey him. When we just cheerfully obey him. We don't make excuses and we just obey him. All right? So don't make excuses. Just trust and follow his leadership. The second servant was given five cities as a reward. Holy cow. Could you imagine being given a city as your reward? Whoo! Wow, that's pretty awesome. I'd take a neighborhood, you know. But he gave him five cities as a reward just because he obeyed. 
Okay? God rewards us for being faithful. Even if it produces less than stellar results, He rewards us for being faithful. Be faithful. Right? It's so funny because we do live in this culture where we feel like if we don't just, you know, if we're a musician and we're not playing a stadium within a year of launching our career, we think we failed. Or if we're an artist and our art isn't selling for a million dollars, we think we failed. That's not true. Just be faithful. If God's calling you to start a business, don't, you, don't worry about hitting the Fortune 500. Just be faithful, right? If God's calling you to start a camp, yeah, just do it. Just do it. God rewards us for being faithful. And so the last thing is, is that a kingdom mindset. The, the last servant had a kingdom mindset, right? Or the first servant, I should say. And a kingdom mindset produces extraordinary results. And what does that mean? And, and again, let me just go back. It doesn't necessarily have to mean this explosive success. But kingdom mindset produces extraordinary results. Uh, and we hit on this last week a lot, so I'm not going to you know, re-preach last week's sermon. Just go back and listen to it. But this is the mindset that says, I know whose I am. Right? This is the mindset that says, I know my authority. I know my authority. Could you imagine if every believer just had that one thing? Just knew their authority? Wow. That'd be awesome. We'd put hospitals out of business. Because we'd just be walking and, and healing people and setting people free and, and just expanding the kingdom. If we just knew our authority, sorry, John, you'd lose your job, right? Say, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> you know? If we just knew our authority, if we walked in our authority and, and knew the abundant resources God has made available to us, the abundant resources that God has made available to grow and to reign and to expand his kingdom, a kingdom mindset just carries with it so much confidence and so much authority. And, and it's funny because if you've ever met somebody who really has a kingdom mindset, it, you know it. Like, you know it. I knew this guy... His name was Darren, and he was at a prayer meeting one time, and a guy came up to him for prayer, and, he's, and the guy had been in a motorcycle accident, completely messed up his face, had multiple plastic surgeries, and Darren went like this. Like, it's so funny. He didn't go, all right, I'm going to pray for you, and, 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 and just, you know, just let God's will be done. He just went, okay, I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to be healed. Because he just had so much, such a sense of authority and faith. And when he was telling me this, it was amazing. He goes, so I put my hands on this guy's face, which is also kind of weird, right? Just, okay, let me just put my hands all over your face. No COVID. And he said, and I just, and I said, God's going to heal you. And I prayed for him. And he said, as I prayed, I could literally feel the bones in his face moving around underneath my hands. And then when I removed my hands, he looked like a completely different person. Well, this, is, this, is, this is a real story verified by witnesses. It's, you know, I'm not just making stuff up here, right? And I used to work um, on a, a TV show that Darren, uh, he led, and basically his TV show was this. His concept was really simple. I'm going to sit there at a table having coffee with my wife, and people are going to call in for prayer, and I'm going to pray for them. <laughs> and that was his show, a half hour of that. It was wonderful. I got to run sound for it. And so, you know, and literally people would call, and they'd say they, would, they needed healing, and Darren would go, okay, I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to get healed. And day after day, 
as we did this show in the mornings, people would call and they would be healed right there. And so, you know, we have authority. And one of the enemy's greatest weapons is to get us to forget who we are, is to get us to forget our authority, is to get us to, to come away from a kingdom mindset, right, into a fear mindset. Could you imagine if, you know, when John Schweider came here and told the stories about what God was doing through camp, if Wendy's mindset would have been less than kingdom, you know, and we would have went, ah, ah, wow, I mean, we're a new church, we're not that big, how are we going to raise $50,000? Or I think at the time it was $26,000. Now we raised twice that. But could you imagine if, if we, instead of having a kingdom mindset, we would have had a fearful mindset or a lazy mindset or made excuses or just kind of looked around and went, I don't know how in the world we would ever raise that kind of money. I mean, we're like, when he first told us about this, we hadn't even had our first service yet. But we knew that God was leading us to do it, right? And we took a kingdom mindset and it happened. And it happened. We didn't make excuses. We could have said, look, John, our chairs are still in the plastic wrap, which they were literally still in the plastic wrap, stacked up around here. You know, we don't know how this thing's going to look in a year. And instead, kingdom mindset, right? We know whose we are. We know our authority. We know the abundance and resources that God has made available to us to grow and to reign and to expand his kingdom. And so the servant who produced the most wasn't afraid to invest, wasn't afraid to work hard and work wisely for his master, right? And so I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that Jesus had a kingdom mindset when it came to you and me, right? Because remember, he still had all the same fears, all the same temptations that you and I have. It's not like Jesus came down and he was man without all the temptations and frailties stripped away. He wasn't Superman. He wasn't. Jesus was the embodiment of the kingdom, of, of, of a kingdom mindset, of, you know, of, of, of ah, it all. And that's a whole other sermon. And I don't want to keep you here too late. But he had a kingdom mindset when it came to you and when it came to me, right? He could have been like the first servant. He could have made excuses, afraid of the pain, right? Afraid of the discomfort, uh, and, and just leaving us all lost. I heard one guy say he could have just come and pricked his thumb and just bled a little bit, and that would have sufficed, but instead he went all the way, right? He gave it all. Uh, I don't know how that aligns with theology, but hey, you know, it's a nice sentiment anyway, right? <laughs> you know, uh, instead, he had a kingdom mindset. He sacrificed everything, everything. I love that about Jesus. Jesus is the perfect picture of generosity, right? You need, save it, you need saving, take it all take it all, right? He's sacrificing everything for us. And we're, we're totally undeserving. Totally undeserving. There's not a single one of us here where, you know, he wasn't like, all right, you know, the rest of you are undeserving, but, you know, Jet, Jeanette was honest about the laziness thing. She kind of deserves this a little bit, you know. <laughs> right? Sacrificing everything for us, undeserving sinners, so that we could be his inheritance, right? Ephesians 1.18, so that we could be his inheritance. He died, he rose, he lives, and he offers us life abundantly when we're faithful to him and trust him, and trust him, and trust him, right? And so as we close this morning, what I want to do is I just want to take uh, just a minute to meditate on the cross, to meditate on the resurrection, to meditate uh, 
on its impact on our lives, on our mindsets, on our following him, on our being created in his image to reign. And how do we allow these things? How do we allow the cross? How do we allow the resurrection to inform our mindset? Right? Think about that. This is a good question for you. What informs my mindset the most? What is informing my mindset? Is it the cross? Is it the authority, our authority in Christ? Or is it other things? Other than that? Is the world around us? Is the news informing our mindset? Is entertainment informing our mindset? Or is it the cross? Is it his loving sacrifice? What's influencing our mindset? And are we most like the lazy servant? I'm glad we have honest people here. Are we most like the lazy servant? Because the wonderful thing about honesty is it lets you move forward. Denial just keeps us stuck. Are we like the faithful servant? Are we like the kingdom-minded servant? And who do we want to be? So I want to pray. Wendy, if you want to come back. But here's what I want to pray for you this morning. Um, oh, before I pray, that's okay. Um, so before the service, as we were praying, I, I saw um, just a picture of simple picture of hands that were bound and they were broke free and I felt like God was saying that he wants to bring freedom to some of you here this morning in this area so <clears throat> when we think of um, Jesus setting us free from bondage a lot of times we think about real serious things like addiction and and maybe maybe that is you but i felt like it was about our mindset because we so often get stuck i know i do so i'll confess to you i get stuck in that but i can't i can't do that god what you're asking is too much or no i'm you know the things that the enemy tells you i'm not enough right uh, that's the one that one of the ones that came to me this morning. If that's what you're thinking, I'm not enough. That's a lie, and God wants to set you free from that, right? Or it will never happen for me. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you feel like God's promises are, and you think it won't happen for me. That's a lie, and God wants to set you free from that. He wants to give you that. That mindset of, no, God said it, it's going to happen. God said it, it's true. So if that's you, please, 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 please get prayer this morning. Or, or just even in your time as we worship, just, just meditate like he was saying on the cross. And Jesus wants to set you free. That's what he came to do. So let him do it. it, it quit holding on because that was the other thing I saw was like somebody like, 
these are comfortable. This is what I'm used to. Let go. Let him let you free. Yeah. Resurrection, right? Yeah. So I just want to pray that God would help you and help me uh, so that from who we are flows extraordinary things. So that who we are flows extraordinary things. Or, you know what? So that who we are flows at least faithful things. Right? Hey, I'd rather take five cities than none. How about you? Yeah, you know? <laughs> and so, why don't you all stand and let me pray for you. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you purchase not just forgiveness, but transformation. Not just forgiveness, but transformation, total transformation, new creations, God. People who have been metamorphed, God. And Lord, I pray that you would transform our mindset. And Lord, I pray for, uh, for those of us, Lord, who maybe are, are blind to our mindset. We don't see it. God, that you would wake us up, that you would show us, that you would give us the humility, God, to, to see it and to recognize it. And then, God, to step forward into faithfulness, to have a faithful mindset, God. But we want to be faithful. Lord, from there, we'd move into a kingdom mindset, God, that we would move into a place where we're producing extraordinary results. But God, I... I think sometimes we try to we want to take a quantum leap. We want to go from step one to step ten. We want to go from the first guy to the last guy. And that's commendable. But here's what happens. Is we think that if we can't go from step one to step ten, we get discouraged and we get stuck at step one. A lot of y'all just need to just work on being faithful. Don't worry about extraordinary results right now. Just move from step one to step two. And instead of taking a giant leap, take a baby step or two. Take a baby step or two. Because it can be awfully discouraging if you're on step one and you can't reach step ten. I think that's a word for some of you guys. God's just kind of calling you to take baby steps. Right? Your first day in the gym, you don't go for a world record. <laughs> right? Your first day out for a jog, you don't try to run a marathon. So God, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful. To be faithful. <laughs>